welcome to KFAB, the podcast. We're a podcast about wrestling and fashion. But mostly fashion. I'm Sarah. I'm Christina. And I'm Katie. Yeah, guys, I love that. That was like the Mickey Mouse Club. It was. Any version of it you like. I never watched that. Did you guys watch that? I, I, did, I didn't have Oh, Disney. yeah. Didn't have Disney. Those free preview weekends, let me tell you. I was <laughs> all over them. I did watch the old black and white one a lot, though. Oh, yeah. Which I feel like. I would just go over to friends' houses. I'd be like, yeah, they have it. I know. I'll go mm-hmm. to a slumber party for them. <sighs> Early 90s nice. Disney Channel was truly remarkable. It was. Um, guys, in personal news this week, Sarah brought a crazy cake. I did. To the cake. Would you want to tell about it so I can finish my slice on yes. the air? So well, you can loudly eat. <laughs> I'm just um, going to chew in your ears. That's what's happening. Uh, so Milk Bar opened in LA this weekend. And Woo! I was fortunate enough, thanks to the insane ticket getting abilities of my wonderful husband, to go take a cake making class with Christina Tosi. And I lost my mind. And it was so fun. And uh, now I have this beautiful birthday cake that I'm foisting on everyone because it makes mm. a lot of cake, guys. And it's also delicious. So if my lame butt can make a cake look that good, imagine what the professionals can do there. But you're also, guys, Sarah's underselling herself. She's, yes, she's a, a phenomenal baker. Mm, thank you. Sarah's a phenomenal baker. She <laughs> always pe- tries out yeah. things on us that are gluten-free because yeah. thank God for Katie and mm. like, they're always excellent. It's I love never, it. Instead of bringing like a case of beers, you bring a case of I cupcakes. Bring, yeah, <laughs> that's true. She has a carrying butter. case. Yep. I do. I do have a carrying case for cupcakes. Eventually, this podcast will become nothing about wrestling and all about us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our secret plan. But for now, we should go on to wrestling news. Yes. Um, oh, my God. So the event that happened <clears throat> since we last recorded was Hell in a Cell. Woo! Um, Sarah, did you watch it? Yes. I watched part of it. Yeah? Um, I personally found it really difficult to follow because the cell was red. <laughs> Wait, this, what? No, seriously. Like, the, the chain yeah. link of this, as you can see in these gifts that we're looking at, the metal was painted red. Yeah. And um, yeah, that plastic. Really, I mean, it, it was painted red. And that it was hard. It was hard visually. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like when, um, whenever I watch football, which is never, when they do the <laughs> lines on the yes. like computer and you're like, is that real? Like, I don't know. It's like that. It's a lot. And then um, my husband also pointed out as soon as it started, he's like, oh, look, they have holes cut in the side of it. So something's going to happen on top of the cell. Oh. And indeed, uh-huh. something did happen on top of the cell. Did what happened d- on? Yeah. What we did, is that highlighted? Should we introduce producer Mike? Oh, hi. Yeah. Hi. Um, producer Mike, do you want to say hi? Hey. <laughs> producer Mike is our producer. He is a lifelong wrestling fan. And occasionally we go to him to ask questions about things we don't understand. Because as you all should know by now, we are new wrestling fans. And sometimes things happen where... We need more filler. Yeah, but sometimes we only give him 10 seconds to talk about it. So, like, we'll ask, like, what is the NWO? And then he would have to tell us in 10 seconds. In 10 seconds or less, because this is our show, it's not his, and then we play a sound effect. Yep. So, that's Mike. Okay, yes. back to Hell in a Cell. Back to Hell in a Cell. Um, Brock Lesnar oh, oh my no. God. made a surprise return. Boo. And beat up Roman Reigns, yay. So bad the match was ruled and no contest, boo. And a rematch was booked. Another no. no. As a triple threat in Saudi Arabia, what? Where the female division isn't allowed to wrestle. I just went through so many emotions through that and it really helped to have someone write boo Boo and yay yay. (laughs) in parentheses to track my feelings, but... Wow. It's fucking stupid. I mean, (laughs) why is he still... 
kind of amazing that Brock Lesnar's still around. Like, I thought the whole deal was that he was basically done, and that's why it was a big deal to to take the belts away from him. Because he has an actual... Actual. That was rude of me. He has a fight. He has a different type of fight coming up. Is an MMA? Yeah, is that what he does? Yeah. Um, so I thought that was the thing, is like he was trying to go to MMA and not wrestle anymore. But I guess... We haven't broken his curse yet. I just, they need to end <laughs> that that together. I <laughs> just like to end. last. What was it? The what was the one that we watched? The uh, um, not the Royal Rumble, SummerSlam. Because the one that was where was it in? Um, oh, the greatest Royal yeah, Rumble. Yeah, the greatest Royal mm-hmm. Rumble. Yeah, where it was double sized. Mm-hmm. I'm I keep getting distracted by this gif of him kicking down the door, the, the door, mm-hmm. and then. Picking it up and going inside. It looks like he's trying to fix it. <laughs> yeah. So this is silly of me, but I didn't realize that the cell w- gave some space between the ring yeah. and the outside, which, like, you got to have the camera guys in there. You got to have room oh, for yeah. tricks. But, like, I didn't try. I was assuming tricks. Tricks. I was assuming it would be all, like, flush with the sides of it. And honestly, that would be interesting, too. Have well, they that's kind of that like way? a shark cage type uh, situation yeah. that, that, what you're talking about is just a regular steel cage match oh great so what? hell in a cell gives a little bit of room so for the, the cell for hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a little more room for yeah. some hell so Leave room for hell disgusting things can yes. happen which oh, did God. happen uh, uh which we'll get to yeah. yeah but first we should talk about this really happy piece of news becky lynch won the smackdown women's championship yeah it's so good she looks really fantastic she she says, so wow. gorgeous her onesie was very very good for this i must say it was mostly purple had some good grommet work on it oh yeah but then okay we have to talk about this bad thing really fast because it makes me ill is it on the next slide mike okay 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 um randy orton put a screwdriver through jeff hardy's ear gauge see i think that's hilarious but also when oh. i was setting up the slides for this sarah was in the other room i went oh no as mike was describing it because he put gifts on the uh the thing for us to react to it's already been like he's already gotten his ears pierced style and they did the screwdriver yeah he had he had gauges so he had like big empty holes okay yeah then yeah that's that's okay for me that's like pot right now it is i haven't seen the image of it you're gonna lose your mind but i did also freak out in parent trap when they did the ears piercing oh with the apple yeah i watched it on the plane the other week and i almost gagged on the plane we're gonna have to vomit all right right, so warning ear stuff on next slide i'm gonna close my eyes and then slowly open (laughs) oh no oh no that's disgusting. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Thank Mike, you. then, the next slide is, sorry, that was gross. As an apology, here are pictures of Daniel Bryan being a good dad. <laughs> and he is uh, really killing it with the slideshow bits Thank this week, you. Mike. That was... I just want to look at Birdie's face and tell her, you never have to see that small child. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I... I saw that like in the broadcast and I like sprinted out of the room so fast it scared my dog. Yeah. And I never thought I'd have to see it again. Well, uh, that's like why like <laughs> MMA matches and stuff like that can really happen. So, well, Mike wants us to describe what we just saw because he's a cruel, cruel master. Um, Gosh. 
I mean, it's exactly it's what exactly it sounds what we like. Said. He, 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 he got a screwdriver. It, it was a I'm flat, a flat head. And let's talk. A it's a long head. ass one too. It's a large screwdriver for dramatic effect, and he he puts it through the large hole in Jeff Hardy's earlobe because he wore gauges, and he and he pulls. See now I'm looking at it as as a scientific study. So it's should not I try again? Uh, it's you just you, you know right. what it is. It's the makeup and it's the sweat. It just seems very unclean. I, I think know. that's what's grossing me out so much. Also, are his gauges that big? Because it, it looks like he's trying to get the handle through. I'm gonna take a deep breath and look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very yeah. large. If you think about what his ears look like with the jewelry in, like he has very good size. I can't. <laughs> I think it's it's like a nickel. Really between not a, a quarter? Nickel, between a nickel and a quarter. Listen, okay, so. I'm going to tell y'all something really embarrassing. Are you going to vomit? <laughs> no. I tried to get gay just when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to the, the third level. Um, it's not It's not much. I just had like a, a bone um, like hoop and then they like slowly try to get it bigger and bigger. Oh and yeah, because you did the hippie version of it. Oh, I was the worst. Oh my God, yes. that's so funny. I can proudly say I was the worst. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, I got to level three of it. Uh, they were like $50 for it. And I remember they went up every single time and I was like, this is a really good look with like an anthropology dress. And then I'd put a thermal underneath it and then I'd have my gauges. I, this it was is, bad. It was really bad. I didn't have gauges, but when you said tooth original or bone originally, I just remember all the like crust punks I knew who had like teeth through their ears. Yep. So I was like, oh yeah, no, Katie's the hippie version. <laughs> and I've seen yeah. the more close to Jeff Hardy, I think. Mm -hmm. So a funny story about me is that I wasn't allowed to get my ears pierced until I was 10 years old. Same. And then it was all very strictly regulated what went in my ears really yes they were like a was pearl not allowed to get any other piercings until i was out of the house and then what did you get and then i got a belly button piercing. yes she did like all the classiest ladies and it actually did really upset my mom yeah yeah we had like a big fight about it so i can only imagine what would have happened if i had a screwdriver put through my ear by randy orton at helena cell i mean i want uh, no when i was 18 i got my nose pierced because i got mad at my dad and i thought it was funny how cliche it would be to get my nose pierced for getting mad at my dad look uh -huh. there were levels to it and uh -huh. then i got it done and then my mom was like god you got to take it out it looks so stupid and so the next day she was like, how much did you pay for it? I was like, like a hundred bucks. And she was like, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you take it out. And I was like, okay. And then yeah. I did. Cause I worked perfect. at that time. So it was like, yeah. I yeah. paid for it. And then she was like, here. And then the next day, everyone at school was like, were you just wearing a fake nose ring yesterday? And I was like, no, my mom got so mad. <laughs> anyway, wow. okay. Piercings. Now we're looking at Daniel Bryan being a good dad. Yeah. Great. Wow, what a, Love it. what a precious family. Uh, Birdie's so cute. It's true. Okay. Okay. So uh, should we just get into start? this week? I think we should. Yeah. Mine is definitely long. I have a surprise. I just FYI, I'm closing out, I think, because I have a surprise for Katie and Sarah because they don't know who I'm doing. Um, Are you going to so go first? No, I want to go last. Okay. It's very long. That's all I'm saying. So I'm like, let's go. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll book it. I can, I can go fast. Um, no, don't go fast. I'm well, I mean, saying. I'm like really into this. And so I've like memorized all of it. So Fuck let's yeah, bring dude. it. Um, so I decided to do Bianca Belair, the EST of NXT. And I'll tell you what that means in a little bit. Um, but she was actually born in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, hey. So I was like, oh, yay. That's 45 minutes away from where I was born. So very exciting. Um, and she was born on April 9th, 1989, which makes her a... I think Aries. Aries right? 
I don't know. I, I never know so. the That's start the, dates. It's I, I it's know Gemini that, or Aries. It's Aries because my niece was born a couple days before that, and she's an Aries. Because I made Sarah do the birth chart of her niece when she was born. Yeah. Oh, nice. Now we very, know everything. It was really normal and a good thing to do to a person. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so... She actually graduated from the University of Tennessee in a degree in business and sociology, but she ran track the entire time and she was like unbelievable at it. Finished up, then once she graduated, she kind of said she lived a normal life and got bored, so she got into CrossFit. Oh. And immediately started kicking ass. like was starting to compete, was doing it all the time. She said she's always been kind of the best at everything she's done. And she was <laughs> like, I wanted to continue on and do this. So what year, did, what year is this roundabouts? Just because um, CrossFit was still kind of new, it seems like. Yeah, I think this was kind of around like that beginning area. Cool, cool. Um, when people were still getting injured all the time. Well, so the thing is, oh, no. she got really into it. And then she had to quit doing CrossFit because she got an intercoastal, um, um, chondritis, which is like a shifting rib syndrome. Oh, what the hell? Yeah. They're not supposed to shift. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you, I, like, looked at all these videos of her, like, lifting, like, um, massive amounts of weights. And you're like, yeah, your ribs would shift oh because of that. Yeah, like, the going up thing. Yeah. <laughs> the tires. I feel like all that, some ribs shifting. <laughs> So, but one of the things that was pretty great is she would have all these crazy costumes doing CrossFit itself. Cool. She wanted to kind of be known and flashy. And then she entered her information on the WWE website. And shortly after, um, Mark Henry found her and he's a 20 year uh, WWE veteran. And he came across her profile and saw all of her like flashy costumes and stuff and was like, this woman would be really great for this. Cool. And um, he told her, he was like, listen, you have to really work at this and like work really hard and I can help, you know, you move up further and further. And so after two times of tryouts, she officially started to work developmental. Um, And then pretty quickly after that, in 2016, she signed with WWE for NXT. Oh, she's so new. Yeah, so this is why I like wanna just like, so we'll just go through it and then her outfit, so as you see right here, we'll go through it. She wears a lip at all times mm-hmm. and like on all of her outfits. And she does one move called the kiss of death. Cool. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, but her main move is in every single outfit, she has long hair and she whips her hair. Ah! <laughs> it's Very amazing. Cool. Yeah, she's got that beautiful long braid. I yeah. could do that. My hair's long as fuck, I could do that. Yeah, you could totally do that. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that. Um, so like she slowly started to like become this like so such a powerhouse everyone calls her now she's the EST of NXT she's the best like smartest greatest strongest EST EST greatest Oh, strongest. I was like extra special times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're so used to acronyms I with wrestling. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. So wow. that's what she's called the EST. So every single thing she wears has EST on it and the kiss of death on it. Oh. So if you look at these, are they not fabulous? They're I so love the good. blue. She's matched her lip to the lip on her costumes. Yeah, big fan. So the quiz is who designs her costumes? 
Is it Mr. Banks? We only know Mr. Banks. He's the only one I know. Do y'all think it's Mr. Banks? Or her. I don't know. Or herself. She probably does. She does. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Oh, she's so cute. Isn't she amazing? I love um, her braid. And yeah, her so lips. there are she's all these cool. videos online of her creating her outfits. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's so and cool. And there's this one of her, and she's like very emotional of doing it. And it's, she does it in the Knoxville uh, UT Orange. Oh, And cute. she creates it because she got to wrestle with NXT at the same auditorium that she graduated high school from. That's Can amazing. You that would be crazy. Isn't that awesome? What so she designed it and she was like, this is like, I made this special for it. Mm-hmm. And all of, some of her classmates came to it I and saw it. her kick ass, basically. What's in her hair? Just rhinestones, glitter? Like, yeah. She like goes for it, but she oh, always like has it long. Gems. And yeah. there's like all these insane videos of her online too, like running with this hair. And she'll just like hold it or like wrap it around and just. Some warrior princess shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Does she always wear that silhouette, that like halter top silhouette? Um, A lot of times, yeah. That mm-hmm. I did this because this was in the beginning, you can tell. So she's wearing like a, looks like a gymnast outfit. Yeah. And you could tell she was like trying to figure out kind of what works for her. But like, she has an amazing body. Like she is ripped. The halter yeah. is really flattering on her because it shows mm-hmm. off her shoulders. She's got fantastic shoulders. They're yeah. not broad either. They're no. like, she does still have a very- She's petite, but so strong. No, mm-hmm. she's definitely got like that feminine, uh, like athleisure model look. Yes. Yep. Where it's like, it's and they're not vanity muscles, obviously, but like, yeah, that kind of thing that people are going for mm-hmm. yeah. intentionally. I don't know, just classically strong. So these are, Fuck, yeah. isn't it amazing? Like, isn't she fabulous? So I wanted to show, so this is her like talking about her um, WrestleMania gear. And then she also says, my family history uh, motivates me, my everyday life and career. Knowing that my family has so many achievements despite their struggles motivates me to contribute and carry on her legacy. My great-grandfather, Edward N. Toole, was the first licensed African-American electrician in Durham, North Carolina. He was still a licensed and practicing electrician in 1993 at the age of 95 years old. Oh my gosh. Holy shit. Isn't that amazing? Was he climbing up on ladders? That scares me. Probably. (laughs) My aunt is Miranda Hunt, who was one of the first blacks to integrate St. Celia High School in Nashville, Tennessee. And last but not least, my mother's godfather, Z. Alexandra Luby, was a lawyer and civil rights activist in Nashville. He's credited for beginning the school desegregation movement in Nashville. That's fucking awesome. Isn't that amazing? So she's like, my entire family is this powerhouse and we have to do our best. Wow. And we do it to be proud of each other. And I loved this. When you're the best, you do it yourself. Yes. She's so cool. Really into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, um, I did have some gifts of her let's see where they are yeah these are so these are her this is her doing some of the moves and she had this one thing what was it the like 405 what did she do at the wrestlemania where she did a flip off the top um and she like basically body slammed someone and it was one of the most impressive things they were like this is so crazy for her to do that already from like starting that's really yeah. cool yeah wow. i so i have seen her like a few of her matches yeah 
just watching NXT and she's really really compelling too I feel like she has a really good in-ring presence as well yeah. like you watch her she's got off the charts charisma you can tell even just from the gifts and the photos I gotta say like I'm, I'm kind of more quiet on this I want to say just because I really like all these looks and there's mm-hmm. really nothing to yeah it's like, she yeah, these flawless. are all really fucking cool, right? You could wear any of these things. And I will say of like anyone we've done so far, I feel like it's all so cohesive. Yes. Like there's yes. always something in a wrestling outfit, kind of like an anthropology sweater mm-hmm. where it's not meant to be on it. Yeah. <laughs> but this, everything kind of works out yeah. together. You no, know? it does. And the EST hair thing, I hope we choose that picture. Um, yeah. She like put EST on her braid. It looks really cool. And, and she then... usually has it on the back of her pants too. Oh, cool. nice. I think out of these looks on here, my personal favorite look, she's got the halter crop top that's really iridescent silvery sequins with yeah. the purple lips on it. And she wearing a purple lip too that's just a really really yeah. good combination and, and it looks amazing i'll put in the link as well her theme song and her entrance is so powerful but it's really hard to actually find because she is so new yeah so like all the videos and stuff were super hard i went on i went on a like journey on tumblr to find <laughs> as many as i could yeah. but the song i already have it in like two of my playlists on spotify because yes. it's a really good song i love it yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic. I'm really excited. I wonder if she will be at NXT when we go see it, you know? I hope so. I hope so. I also look forward to her having a documentary someday and you being like, I've been with her since the beginning. (laughs) There's already, like, she recently had, like, a WWE Who Is Bianca Belair, and Mm -hmm. it was... I watched the whole thing. I cried. I sent it to producer Mike and was like, no, you're the one that's crying watching this. (laughs) It was like one in the morning I was watching it. My fiance was like, why is the light on? I was like, nothing. It's fine. That's so fun. Don't worry. I love it. Oh, she's fantastic. She's fantastic. I hope we get to see her. I know, right? Man. Oh, I'm so excited. I want to like hang a picture of her figure on my refrigerator. Yeah. It's like a dream, dream board type thing. I already looked up merch for her. She's not there yet. I mean, it's probably like families who put together all their own stuff for Mm -hmm. her, but. Does she, does she work with Seamus yet on the, isn't that the guy who does the workout videos, Mike? Okay. She has yet to show up. All right, wow. I would love yeah. to watch her. I, I watched Becky Lynch's in, in its entirety when Mike sent it to oh, us. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I was like, what is she doing? And then she was doing these boxed... This is off topic. Anyway, the point is, everyone exercises really hard. They all look great. That's oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Producer Mike, uh, what have you seen of Bianca? Like, what's your favorite thing? Why did you think, for me, she was, like, awesome? Uh, I mean, I haven't really been keeping up with NXT, but she was on uh, the the May Young Classic. She was, like, a standout in the first one. It was just, like, one of those things of, like, oh, yeah, she's got the look and the personality and the move set, and I just want to see her move up. And yeah. For me, personally, like, NXT's the best place to grow because if she was on the main roster they wouldn't they wouldn't use her correctly yeah Mm -hmm. she gets Mm -hmm. to get her bearings here where she can be showcased in the right way yeah i feel like most of us are now like all of us are like yes we want to see all nxt and Mm -hmm. only Uh nxt glad we bought tickets yep Um, is she a face or yeah makes sense they said she hadn't like yet healed but she has a lot of like sass and they were like it would be fun to see her turn heel it's just mm-hmm. like that picture of her swinging her braid i'm like could have gone either way i know right but yeah mm-hmm. cool yeah so wow. yeah thank you i love her you know who else i love 
Guys, it's Sensational Sherry. Yay! Yay. So, uh, our last episode, I talked about Shawn Michaels, and that's how I encountered Sensational Sherry, and she is fully deserving of her own spotlight. I got some gifts. Oh my gosh. So, this first gift is like her in a nutshell. She's got pearls in her hair, she's got like symbols painted all over her face. Um, I'm sorry, you know who that reminds me of? Andy Donnelly. Donnelly. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. She, so aggressively, I also almost said it too. She oh reminds God. us of someone that we know. Um, this comedy in New York. It's yeah. a compliment all around. These yes, are wonderful ladies that we're being reminded of. Oh my gosh, so much. I yeah, love that for so sure. Much. So, and then this middle gif is of her straight up slapping Hulk Hogan straight across the face. As he deserves it. God bless. And then this third one is her uh, doing the woo with Ric Flair. Nice. Who she did manage for a time, but she has like dragon wings painted on her face is the only way I can describe it. Looks like member of Kiss, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, like half painted Kiss. Kiss. Light. Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, so good. So, pardon me, Elias wow. Keisha Sober. Sherry Russell was born in Birmingham, Alabama on February 8th, 1958. So she's an Aquarius, which explains Mike. a lot. Um, she's better known by her ring names, Sherry Martell and Sensational Sherry. She was first introduced to wrestling as a child. Her mother took her and her sister to see shows in Mississippi. She was so into it as a kid, she even asked wrestler Grizzly Smith for advice on becoming a wrestler herself, but he basically told her she probably wasn't serious about it and to come back after she was an adult. Rude. That seems like a lot of male improvisers telling <laughs> yep. you that. Oh, honey, you'll grow out of it. Um, so Sherry actually did put her wrestling dreams on hold for a little bit. She got married um, as an adult, obviously. I skipped a few years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, had a son, and she ended up getting divorced. And then she was like, okay, now it's time to do what I want to do. Oh, wow. So she began training under Mr. Personality Butch Moore in Memphis. She also trained under the fabulous Mula, who sent Whoa. her to wrestle in Japan in 1981. Oh, wow. Sherry said it was because uh, she liked to go out and party too much. So she basically got kicked out of the training school. <laughs> and other anecdotes back up the fact that she really enjoyed partying. Look, she's freshly divorced. Let her live. I know. Yeah. So she came back to the uh, U.S. after her stint in Japan. And in September 1985, she made her American Wrestling Association debut. She ended up winning the AWA Women's Championship three times during her stint there. Um, She also managed Playboy Buddy Rose and Pretty Boy Doug Summers during this time. And they feuded with dramatic music, I wrote, (gasps) the Midnight Rockers. Ah. So she met Shawn Michaels pretty early on in her career, but they didn't work together for a minute. So it was really hard to find pictures of her early on in her wrestling career, I will say. But I have this couple from her first few years in the ring. You can see she was just sort of like wearing 80s aerobic aerobic outfit. Yeah. Aerobics outfit. Yeah. And her hair is truly remarkable. It's that 80s perm. It's like wild and all over the place. And that continues straight on through her life. She looks like Fran Drescher. She does. But this one, so you can see, this is her with the AWA belts on the right. Mm -hmm. In this picture, I will probably post this one. Mm -hmm. She has a cape. Mm -hmm. Wow. And she's popping the very tall collar behind her. It's a bright yellow cape. So she was already like experimenting with much different looks than a lot of other female wrestlers at the time. Yep. And that was something that continued. It's like McDonald's Dracula. Yes, it is. is. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) Like the coloring. Yeah. 
So. Oh, yes. Jesse Ventura referred Sherry to the World Wrestling Federation, and she debuted in 1987, defeating her former teacher, the fabulous Mula, to win the WWF Women's Championship. Yeah. So that's when she became Sensational Sherry. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tried to stand out by wearing face paint and outrageous costumes. A lot of female wrestlers at the time were styled to look more conventionally attractive, so she really did stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fun story. She once got so drunk in Paris that she missed her wake-up call at the hotel. All the male wrestlers she was on tour with were waiting for her, and Andre the Giant was pissed. He went upstairs and pounded on her door and yelled, either you drink and go out with the boys, or you keep it strictly business and don't drink. You cannot do a job and drink also. You choose one of the two. Now get your ass up. And then he didn't speak to her for two weeks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So uh, that's like a lot. Uh, but she did say it helped her realize that she needed to be more serious about her job. She said, yeah. like, it, it did help her get back on track for a while. Um, I don't blame him. I mean, she yeah. did miss the wake-up call. She left the phone off the hook in her room because she oh, was wow. so drunk. And so they were all, like, trying to figure out where she was for hours, apparently. Um, so I have a couple pictures. There. I know, right? It was like you waited until Andre the Giant was mad. You could have, like, headed off this whole situation. <laughs> it's because it was a bunch of... Sorry, Mike. A bunch of dudes sitting down there being like, how do we solve this easy problem? Yeah. Yep. And Andre's like, I got it. Yeah. Um, They're like, we don't want her to cry. <laughs> women will cry. Do well, we go upstairs? No. <laughs> she may be in a bra. Let's uh, keep calling. Sorry. Let me tell you, no. I was just going to say, I don't think they were concerned about her feelings that way because we're going to get into oh, some stuff oh, with her storyline oh. that is... Mike is nodding knowingly. So these are a couple pictures from her first well, we, we few hoped. years. I know, guys, we're going to get into it. Yeah. Um, so when she debuted, she was wearing, again, some very colorful Jane Fonda yeah. jazzercise things. She's wearing like a spangly lace cape. She was real into these capes. Um, she has another one that's like another McDonald's Dracula cape yeah. that's bright yeah, they red have, and yellow. they have like a really uh, epic neck to them. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can see she's she's wearing like basically street makeup in these pictures, mm-hmm. but it's already like a lot like that late '80s a lot where the eyeshadow is just bright blue regardless and of it how goes it looks, all the way up yep. to the like, right up to yep. the brow bone, yeah, and a heavy hand with that application. So <laughs> she's. T- I love this one. She stayed with the division until it was phased out in 1990. I wrote, ugh. Yeah, WWF stopped women's wrestling in 1990. Oh, what? Uh Uh-huh. Really? Yeah, they had a women's division, and they're like, no, thank you, which is why you get all this era of valets. So, because that's all all the female wrestlers are like, well, we're here, and then they all, anyway. Ugh, it's a whole thing. So, sensational Sherry, still being like a badass and wanting to be part of the company, and actually a very well-respected performer within the company, stayed on and started managing male wrestlers and really made her mark that way. So, some Sherry highlights from this time. She appeared as Peggy Sue, the kayfabe girlfriend of the honky-tonk man, who would interfere in matches. This is her as Peggy Sue. Katie, you should definitely look into the honky-tonk man because the pictures that I saw were all absolutely insane. Picking up my phone and writing that down yeah. at this very moment. So she would wear this really bad blonde wig and these like really overly cutesy outfits. Like this one, she has a white turtleneck with a bright purple heart in the middle of it and like a string of pearls. I want that outfit though. I mean, like, let's be honest. It's very good. She wore like crazy, like kind of little girly dresses and stuff, but she would come in and just like fight with everyone else on the side. Okay. And, and like distract people during matches as Peggy Sue. And she did a ton of interviews as Peggy Sue, which is pretty good. Um, 
she feuded, so as herself, as Sensational Sherry, she feuded with uh, Miss Elizabeth, very famous valet, who formerly worked with Randy Savage, so, but then they, they split up. So Sherry and Randy Savage ended up fighting Miss Elizabeth and Hulk Hogan off and on for a few years. So during one match, Miss Elizabeth knocked Sherry out with her purse and cut off her hair with the help of <laughs> Hulk Hogan. And real hair? Oh, I don't know how they did. I couldn't find a clip of it. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. The help of Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I wrote, yikes. Yeah. Um, so the ultimate warrior once pulled her skirt off and ring to oh reveal God. some sexy underwear, which made her run backstage in tears. Again, yikes. Guys, this happened multiple times during yeah. her career. A big thing that happened was she'd be like trying to interfere in a match and one of the dudes would just straight up rip off her clothes and she'd be in some sexy underwear and be like, I'm so embarrassed. One time I didn't put the picture in because I felt weird. She was doing it while she was hanging off the hell in the cell cell and they ripped off her dress. So she was... <laughs> Like, the thing we want to happen to Finn Balor happen to Sensational I know. Sherry. I want to see a dick. I don't want to see a woman <laughs> humiliated. Yeah. So anyway, but her body's fantastic. And I hope that she was like, I'm going to take this as an opportunity. That's what I have to hope. She looks great, but it's very problematic. Um, <sighs> to say the least. Always by dudes. Always by dudes. It was never in like a cat fight situation. <sighs> I anyway, just, I feel like after the Trish Stratus coverage I did, uh-huh. I've just lost all faith in the 90s. Oh, with yeah. Them. Do we just like skip that world like anytime yeah. there's a 90s or do we just like pretend like they're the valets and the, yeah. the women that are the valets are the wrestlers? Yeah, I, mean, I think that's what you that. got to do. I mean, during this time, they certainly were involved in a lot. Like I pulled a couple pictures here of her and and Miss Elizabeth fighting. So there's the one, I think this is the match where they cut off her hair up top. Yeah, it looks like there's a hair pull. I mean, so there's no cohesive element in any of Sensational Sherry's outfits. They're Uh all just like insane. But I pulled some of the looks that I thought were the most interesting. This is like a spangly silver fringed dress. It's very Roxy Hart in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So it had a lot of like cool movement as she was getting flung around the ring by another woman. Uh, it's like Dallas or something. I know. The and the bottom one is straight up Dallas. They're both yeah. wearing like poofy 80s prom dresses and just like kicking each other. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the takeaway, if we want to spin it real positive, would just be like, we've come so far. Yep. I Yeah. I mean, but this, here's the thing, though. Not a bummer. <laughs> People respected the shit out of her. Like... She yeah. was one of the most respected performers within the company, even though they were writing her into these horrible, demeaning storylines. Like, people respected her. Maybe oh. because she came out dressed like this. Wow. So, Sherry started managing Shawn Michaels in 1992. I talked about this time on our last episode. Mm-hmm. But to recap briefly, Sherry would sing his theme song, Sexy Boy, and <laughs> fawn all over Shawn while he made his entrances. An unfun fact, one time, Marty is a... Janetti. Janetti, I always want to say it wrong, tried to hit Sean with the, with his mirror in the ring, and Sean pulled Sherry in front of him to take the blow. Oh. Guys. Nice. <sighs> so her storyline eventually had her turn on Sean, 
Uh, and she was like in love with Marty instead, and it was like a love triangle. And I'm the like, the guy who hit her with the mirror. I mean, I don't know, guys. Sure, why not? Um, but it was cut short when Marty was released from the company, and that's when she kind of stopped working with with Shawn Michaels. She started managing other people. They just took that as like a break in their storyline. So that mm. was kind of unresolved. But everyone's like, never think about it again. So I pulled some pictures. Kind of like the Kevin Owens quitting thing. Yeah, it's like we're just gonna glide past it. It'll yep. be fine. So this picture. Definitely, this is going on the gram. Fantastic. She looks like she's from an episode of the Power Rangers. What? Yes, she does. She has the this fuck. white satin dress on with insane, like, sharp angled shoulder pads and face paint and a mask that is like a demon masquerade mask. It's so great. Do you know what the context was? No, I just found that just and I was like, it? oh my gosh. And yeah. I tried to figure out what it was, and it was only ever labeled places as like, this is her as a manager. Yeah, because it, it looks like she's like dripping black blood or something. Yeah, like out of down her, her mouth. down her chin. But it doesn't. It's not clear enough. Like what this idea would be, other than look fucking cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I like that the know? dress, the arms, like at the bottom match the mask. It's like yeah, uh -huh. it's very anime. It is. And it's so interesting. So she frequently did stuff like this. When she was managing Shawn Michaels, I have a couple pictures. They dressed her in more overtly like sexy 80s lady outfits. Mm -hmm. um, she's wearing like a, a two-piece thing with hot pants in this picture. It's like red satin. And this promotional shot, she's oh. wearing this like lace-up shirt that is just doing horrible things it's to her like chest. It's like of Hollywood. It looks yeah. like her tits are dying. Yeah, mm -hmm. it looks very tight and uncomfortable. That looks so uncomfortable. But she still wore crazy makeup during this time. Like, even when they had her, like, dressed up to look more conventionally sexy, she was wearing, like, really bold, painted out winged eyebrows and really intense eyeshadow. She would draw symbols on her face a lot, too. Cool. And it seemed to kind of vary. Although she did use hearts a lot when she was with Shawn Michaels, of course. Mm. One oh. more from this period, just to appreciate the fact that her assless chaps onesie has studded heart cutouts. Does the ass part look like a heart too, I wonder? It's so like, last week I pulled a gif Ooh, of right? her in this cool. outfit. I know. Yeah, it does, like she wore assless chaps a lot when she was managing Sean, I think for that reason, because she had a butt heart. Yeah. But this is, I, I pulled a gif last time when we were talking about Sean Michaels of her like fainting when he was about to get hit in the face. And this is that same match. It's She mm. wore this outfit that's like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it's it. It's like David Bowie meets her. chicken. Yeah. She yeah. looks like a damn chicken. It's, yeah. It is like, there's so much fringe. There's so many cutouts. It's, it's a share outfit. It, it is. It is 100% a share outfit. And she's oh, wearing yeah. white fishnets underneath this, mm -hmm. too. I like it. I do, too. Look, she looks, like I said, she looks kind of, it looks feathery in a way to me that I can't really explain. Like, the hearts, I think it's just, like, the patterning of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then Bowie eye makeup. Yeah. But otherwise... I like the look. I'm, no, I'm very into the I look. I like it a lot. I was, I'm trying to think where I would wear that. <laughs> the assless chaps? Yes, the assless chaps. Probably to the grocery store. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Whole Foods to the 365. Store. But Just out. to the 365, pick up some chicken. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay yeah so sherry left the wwf in 1993 yes all that happened in a year wow oh, God. wow so, i know so she hopped around for a bit then went to uh world championship wrestling as sensuous sherry sure and managed rick flair i have a picture of her in one of rick flair's robes mm -hmm. just so you can see how hard she works it it's just like a candid shot from somewhere it's not like a promotional she's just wearing like his black and white spangly 
robe with a big feather bow on it. Um, I wish I had one of those in my house. Good? Yeah, I mean, can you, you feel imagine? so good? Can you imagine also, answering you emails in that row? Dusting oh. too. Yeah, <laughs> the sleeves just yeah. dangle over your head. Um, <laughs> so she eventually became Sister Sherry and managed the Harlem Heat, which is Booker T and Stevie Ray. So I have another picture of this. Um, all their outfits actually have a really cool cohesive element in this. Yeah, but she's wearing—I can't tell if those are assless chaps or just a regular old overalls. But she's got like black skin tight like black pleather on that's painted with flames on the side and she has like a flame choker on also she looks like she has one of the really big clips in her hair mm-hmm. so it like water falls to one side all of her curls yeah mm-hmm. so she she was um kind of bouncing around for a few years like managing different male wrestlers but she was again super well respected as like a figure within all these different wrestling companies so uh, throughout the 90s, she went back and forth between managing people and she went back to wrestling for a while herself, though she was still mostly known as a manager, it seems. So I'm just going to highlight one particularly great story. Um, Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels were involved in a feud leading up to WrestleMania in 2005. So she's still around as of the early 2000s. Oh, wow. Um, Sherry came on SmackDown singing a parody of Sexy Boy about Kurt Angle. I have <laughs> I've linked it. We'll put it in the show nice. notes. Um, it's called Sexy Kurt. I have a still from it here where you can see Kurt Angle doing the like Shawn Michaels like side lunge move mm-hmm. and she's behind him in like a spangly like black Elvira dress like looking fantastic. That's great. Um, I will point out that Kurt Angle is wearing a shirt that is only attached by the neck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they cut out the sides completely so it's like a double dicky. My brother used to do that to all my other brother's shirts. <laughs> really? Like he got so mad because he'd like pull up his nice like track shirts and like and one just- sleeve would be all the way cut and he would have not done the other yet and so he like ruined all of his shirts by making them like that oh my god that's so insane that's a southern thing hard no i was gonna say that but i was like no let's let katie <laughs> that is because i've seen so many like oh muscle dudes gosh yep that's, I mean, such so a, many that's muscle also shirts. A, a gym in la look for it is. sure mm-hmm. but it's i mean usually you have at least some attachment at the yeah, bottom yeah this a little is bit just a scrap of fabric that's fucking crazy uh so sherry was so stupid <laughs> I know <laughs> so dumb so Sherry was finally inducted into WWE Hall of Fame in April 2006 Yay. Uh, her last televised appearance was later that year she tried to offer her managerial uh, services to Bobby Roode mm-hmm. so who is the like glorious guy with the mm-hmm. big uh, robe and I think that could have been potentially really fun Unfortunately, that never went anywhere because Sherry died on June 15th, 2007 at the age of 49 at her mother's home in Alabama. She had overdosed. Oh my gosh. On what? Uh, A lot of things, but Oxy, among other substances. Oh, so sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really sad. I Uh, I only asked because I was wondering if it was drug use or if it was... Alcohol. Well, or prescription. Oh yeah. Like if her body hurts from wrestling for that long. Yeah. I mean, it could have it could have been any number you know? of, of factors. Um, sure. She hadn't been actively wrestling at that point for a while. Like she did return to wrestling in the mid '90s, mm-hmm. but it seems like she didn't do that much. It was like every once in a while she would be in a match, but she was mostly like in and out as a, a personality. Mm. Um. So I have a picture of her down here accepting her uh, Hall of Fame. It's so cute. Black. She looks beautiful. She looks super mm-hmm. happy. She's just wearing like a really gorgeous evening gown and her hair is up and she's like glowing. She looks like Gilda Radner's kind of. Yeah. She kind of does, yeah. Um, and then I have this other picture that's her tenderly hugging The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. 
my peepaw dirt peepaw dirt peepaw dirt looking very young his hairline has not yet crawled all the way back on his head <laughs> as we saw no, in the not. wedding photos yep yeah <laughs> that oh should God. have been in the wrestling news god damn um Anyway, oh wow, we'll talk about that at the end. Um, But yeah, sensational sharing this picture. She's got like her eye makeup on that looks kind of like a Harlequin mask. She's got like a a netted red sparkly dress on, and she looks really happy. There was like this was her her official shot for the WWE website was her in this outfit like posing. So I think this was an outtake where like Mm. she just like hugged the Undertaker and have a picture of it. It's really really cute. So I have one last shot. Wow. Where awesome. you can see her 80s makeup really uh-huh. up close. It's like crazy winged out fake eyelashes looking. Black swan. Mm-hmm. So Shawn Michaels said of Sherry, uh, she was huge. She was huge because Sherry had credibility at that time when he first went solo, which I didn't have. I didn't have an ounce. So I needed her so badly. It's not even funny. She had obviously been with Randy Savage. So Sherry had real credibility. And that put me up a couple of notches right off the bat. That's nice. So like he has acknowledged that she made him as like a solo performer. Uh, I ha- also linked a video that we'll put in the show notes that shows her being named Randy Savage's queen. <laughs> they had a big coronation during one match where oh, really? he was like named the named the king and she was his queen and they have like crowns and scepters and stuff and That's it's really great. lovely. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's kind of crazy because she was around at a time, like it does seem, it seems kind of cliche to say she was ahead of her time, but I think she really was because she had like the, the skills and like the willingness to really like get in there and be in incredible presence yeah but she happened to come up at a time when women were not really valued as wrestlers they were valued as accessories but i think it's it's so cool that she still found a way to like make her mark and like carve out her niche to the point where like she she was involved in a lot of like sexist demeaning shit at this time but she was still so well respected like within the company that like all these men talk about how much she like made their careers and like how much they admire her and and also just really cool yeah i kind of think of it too of like she probably inspired so many wrestlers that are like like performing now and like in nxt and stuff and so they've taken so much creativity from her and been like she didn't get to do as much as i do now so i need to like go harder because of that yeah, that's probably so. Yeah, that's gorgeous. Yeah. She's really cool. I, I, as I always say at the end of these, I love her. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> so it's like I, I, uh, I'm touched deeply by this person now. I yeah, know. I feel a real fondness for her. Just wait till you see these videos. You'll love her even more. I believe it. It's great. Thank you, Sarah. Yay, fiend. All right, we're switching. Oh my gosh. Over. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> 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 I would like uh, everyone to note that <laughs> hello we're doing The Undertaker and so in order to celebrate us doing The Undertaker Mike turned off all the lights in his apartment <laughs> it's so scary is he gonna come out of the floor oh my god so we're doing peepaw dirt uh, which is what we refer to The Undertaker as um, I just want to say this is going to be long. <laughs> Good. I'm as okay I, with that. As People I said, deserves it. Here's why. I started doing it. I just want a couple of things. I started doing it. I didn't realize what an undertaking <laughs> it would be. Um, so I started and like got to, I want to say like early 90s. And I was like, oh, motherfuck. I have so much more. Because uh-huh. also like we try and do all the really fun like kayfabe storylines and stuff. And he just has so many of those. Yeah. Like I skipped. Yeah. No, 
not even. I didn't. I just did them all. Oh. <laughs> the ones that were in Wikipedia, anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, Again, big thank you to Wikipedia. Wow. Wikipedia so, is a real unsung wow. hero of this you podcast. should really send them $5. All right. So. Oh, my God. I know. He's what? a fucking redhead. <gasps> Are you ready? Guys, there's so many things. Okay. Mark William Calloway was born on March 4th, 1965 in Houston, Texas, and he's an Aries. This dude's career is obviously really wild. I have like 20 minutes or less, so just stick with me. Uh, so Peapaw Dirt made his <laughs> debut in 1984 at the World Class Championship Wrestling under the ring name Texas Red, which is this photo on the left. Oh my God. And, he, wow. and I was like, Texas Red? That's so weird. Because I did all the like... Before the research, looks. Yep. And then I looked for the looks and I was like, oh my God, because he has red fucking hair. Simple diaper man outfit, mm-hmm. good physique. Kind of a redhead mullet and yeah, a double diaper beard. Man, maybe with the red underneath. Looks like it. <laughs> he doubled up just in he case. Doubled up. Some extra special. Uh, and then he left in 1988 to join the Continental Wrestling Association and wrestled under the bunch of gimmicks. But the most popular was the Master of Pain, who's a character who is fresh out of the United States Penitentiary mm. in Atlanta after serving five years, much in solitary confinement, uh, for killing two men in a fight. Oh my God! And that's the wow. one on the right. That's so a he, backstory. So that's so I funny. Love it. It's like it he immediately laugh. was like dark like he that's yeah. true because this is like oh what what a fresh-faced young man yeah. like he might become a boyfriend how cute and then you're like yes. no no thank you he his goth yes. face and never left yeah. <laughs> well he left for a minute oh. i'll show you but uh yeah so he had like studded accessories it's kind of bdsme a little bit yeah, it is yeah for sure. um and it a skull cap so tight it looks like it's painted. I thought yeah. that was a swim cap. Me too. Honestly, it could be. I don't know. It looks either polka dotted or shiny. I can't decide. But then it, there's a chin thing unless that's just a really thick chin beard. It's his beard. Could go either way, really. Wow. I think he has unfortunate facial hair patterns. He does. Oh, he does. Oh, my God. <laughs> So by 1989, he joined WCW as a villain named Mean Mark Callis. I know, the photo. It's like a glamorous shot of him in like a black leather vest and a diaper, and he has red hair. Um, and he looks crazy. He's just so bad looking. I, I can't. I'm sorry, I know. Okay, so he was a morbid character, and he wore predominantly black ring attire and was described as having a fondness for pet snakes and Ozzy Osbourne. No. Stop it. He added pet snakes. By the announcer. The announcer would be like, he loves pet snakes. (laughs) (laughs) And they announced it. Hey, just some fun things to know about Mean Mark. (laughs) Mean Mark loves his pet snakes. He drives a Kia and loves his pet snakes. <laughs> he was on the wrestling tag team, the Skyscrapers, during this time. He also wrestled briefly in New Japan as Punisher Dice Morgan, which is over here on the right. Um, he just has like a V-neck cutoff T-shirt. This is it's a dangerous, dangerous thread. Oh my Wait, gosh! So this is a dumb question. No, nothing uh, is dumb. That's <laughs> your question. Are the Skyscrapers just very tall men? I think so. Okay, is that really? Yeah, because I think the that's Undertaker why. is so very tall. Yeah, he is. So yeah, that would huge. make sense to me if the other skyscraper he was actually i cut out all the high school stuff because we have too much but he played he was a center uh basketball player oh first yeah um so in july 1990 feelers had been sent out by the wwf to watch a match of his against lex luger and since he knew vince was watching he wrestled even though he had dislocated his hip oh Oh, no this is how we set the undertaker up for a 
a lifetime of injuries. My <laughs> God. The injuries this man goes on. It's like fucking crazy. Should we do like a map like where you've all traveled in the United States <laughs> except for where he's all, people on dirt has always been injured? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a WebMD picture. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Oh, wow. So he made his on-screen. Oh, and uh, originally Vince McMahon didn't love him when he saw him wrestle, but then afterwards he met him and he was such a nice guy that Vince signed him anyway, which is interesting. How or they crazy. connected at least. I don't know. He could maybe be a dick, but they connected. Yeah. So he made his on-screen WWF debut at the 1990 Survivor Series as Kane the Undertaker, which I will explain in a moment. So the original Dead Man character was a Western mortician dressed in a trench coat, stri- gray striped tie, and gray ringed black Stetson hat with gray gloves and boot spats. He was portrayed as impervious to pain, and so he wouldn't sell his opponent's attack, which last week we learned means Ooh. to not react. Mm-hmm. Yes. And normally it makes people mad. Shortly after the event, he dropped the cane in his name, which was eventually given to another wrestler, who we know as Kane, who was also the mayor of a town in Tennessee. Um, and we'll get into that a little more, the Kane uh, relationship later. But at the same, so at the same time, The Undertaker switched managers to Paul Bearer, who I think I'm obsessed with. So Paul Bearer. Is it like Paul Bearer as in a Paul Bearer? Yes. Oh my Stop. God. Here's the thing. I think I'm obsessed with him. He is this tiny. Look at him. Giant. Peng- like oh. bad Batman movie penguin Danny DeVito looking ass meets Gomez from the Adams family. Uh, he's a histrionic ghostly character I almost can't. always seen bearing an urn which oh he used gosh. to revive the Undertaker's strength whenever the Undertaker <laughs> fell victim to his antagonist. Stop! And then the Undertaker would uh, place his defeated opponents in a body bag and they'd carry him out. <laughs> So that's the hit. Wow. Also, he looks like the evil guy from Who Frames Roger Rabbit in that one. Oh, yes, he, he does. does. Oh, uh, scary. Oh my God. Uh, around this time, he just kind of had like a pretty, as I said, like the the bootstraps and everything. But then he got like this jagged, yeah, edge <gasps> Flintstone. Like, that is top. a bad Halloween costume. Yep, that's a Flintstone top. It is. Yes. Um. Anyway, I I'm obsessed with Paul Bearer. I'm in love with him. You guys <laughs> oh, are gonna my. Lo- God. Yeah, so here's a bunch of pictures of The Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Again, I just love him. So all through 1991, he's crushing it. He's, I, I'm skipping it. There's nothing super fascinating about that to me. But he's killing it. He's doing great. So then in February 1992, The Undertaker's ally, Jake the Snake, tries to attack Macho Man Randy Savage's wife, manager, Miss Elizabeth, ah. uh-huh, with a steel chair, and The Undertaker stopped him, which solidified him as a fan favorite. Wow, it was so easy. Yes. All you have to do is stop a chair from hitting a woman yes god the truly, 90s. truly the bar you could trip over it on the way to the yeah. bathroom yep. um so he had a lot of feuds obviously but here are some fun kayfabe highlights from this period so at wrestlemania 9 he was disqualified after using chloroform on his <laughs> oh, opponent stop. This is- <laughs> sorry what guys his, you guys there's, you don't even know what's coming oh my god <laughs> i i spent three hours on this today i had oh. so much fun oh my gosh remember we started and i was like i'm not spending more than 30 minutes yeah. Researching. You I'm literally a said fucking 30 minutes, liar. and then I'm not going to say how many slides there are, but I see how many slides there are. Oh my god, it took so <laughs> long. All right, so in 1994, his rivalry with Yokozuna culminated in a WWF Championship casket match. Was this the first one? Did this exist before the Undertaker casket matches? I don't. That's a great question. I don't know. Wow, producer Mike doesn't know. Please let us know on Twitter at kfab podcast. Okay, during the match, Yokozuna. 
sealed the Undertaker in the t- casket with the assistance of several other villainous wrestlers to win the match. The Undertaker because appeared... Because he was so big, yes. they had to help. <laughs> the Undertaker appeared from inside the casket on the video screen, representing his spirit, warning he would return. He wasn't seen for seven months. Oh my God! <laughs> Here's why. He actually hurt his back, so he needed to heal. <laughs> oh. So they pretended they killed him. So during his absence, the WWF promoted his return. This was 94 to 96, the original Dead Man era. Uh, So they promoted his return by showing video clips of people who claimed to have seen The Undertaker. (laughs) I love. (laughs) After WrestleMania. like Bigfoot sightings, but for The Undertaker. 100%. Uh, so then after WrestleMania 10, the Undertaker returned, except it was the Undertaker's real-life cousin, Brian Lee, <laughs> no. who fans dubbed the Underfaker. <gasps> wow. It's like Melania's body double. Yeah. yeah. I know. I love it. I think it's so funny. So he finally returned at SummerSlam in a new fun outfit made of cool colors and replacing gray with purple, which is like kind of a signature look. The Undertaker then defeated the Underfaker during the match, and you can see I pulled a photo. That's so funny. Wow. They of them do look standing face to face, like. I mean, they don't look alike, but they look. I mean, they're both very large men, yeah. dressed the same, which is funny. What do we think happened to Paul Bearer during those seven, nine months? Oh well, God. he's right here in the middle, looking like a little thieving crook. <laughs> he's like, I'm confused. Whom do I trust? Oh, closer than you think on that voice. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Uh, what if I was like, I'm Paul Bear, and I just pulled off this mask? That'd be amazing. You're this. You, okay. <laughs> just wait. All right. So at WrestleMania 11, here's some other fun highlights from this time period. Uh, the Undertaker was facing Kong Bundy, and Kama stole his special urn and then melted into a large gold necklace. No. And then a few weeks later, Undertaker beat him in a casket match. So he lost his urn. Did he ever get it back? I don't know. The Undertaker hurt his orbital bone near his eye soon thereafter, but then returned at Survivor Series wearing a Phantom of the Opera-like gray upper face mask. (laughs) Oh, my God. He was unmasked in the WWF Championship against Bret Hart, but Diesel interfered and Undertaker lost. And so then Undertaker repaid this terrible act during Rage in a Cage, and Diesel faced Bret Hart. Right? So uh-huh. Kate Diesel is fighting Bret Hart. And then The Undertaker delivered a surprise attack, emerged from a hole he had ripped through the ring canvas, no. and dragged Diesel down under to hell. <laughs> oh my gosh. By the way, uh, do you know who Diesel is? No, I have no idea. Tarzan from Magic Mike. Oh, oh. That older guy? Yeah. Peepaw Diesel. Peepaw Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I can't. This is oh that's gosh. just my way of coping with the news that the Undertaker used to sneak under the ring and pull people through it. That's <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. I tried to find a gif. I couldn't. Um, oh. So he feuded with mankind for a while, um, which is putting it lightly. Uh, but it upped its game in the first ever boiler room brawl. What is a boiler room brawl, Mike? Literally exactly what it sounds like. But what's in a like just a bunch a of metal? They go to a boiler room and fight each other in the boiler room. Okay. What? Oh, so they can like okay, I get it. So you get like pipes and you can like hit each other There's with steam. pipes. There's steam. You got like steam. Yeah. Does yeah. it look just like stomp? <laughs> oh yeah. And then they get trash yep. can lids and they put them on their feet. <laughs> they start dancing. <laughs> it's just stomp. Shh shh. Broom. Yeah. <laughs> And someone always with the mic. Yeah. Broom. That was a broom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, so during the match, Undertaker reached for Paul Bear's urn. 
Oh, I guess he got it. He did get it back. And then Bear hit him with it, betraying the Undertaker (gasps) and allowing Mankind to win. Oh, that little fuck. I know. So, after his betrayal, the Undertaker and Mankind wrestled in a buried alive match, which, I mean... You understand what that is. Mm. Uh, the Undertaker won the match after a choke slam into the open grave. <laughs> but due to interference by several other wrestlers, the Undertaker was buried alive. Oh, no. As you can see here, by his arm, his gloved purple hand reaching through a... a oh, that's amazing. Tombstone that says buried alive. Okay. Now we're in the Lord of Darkness phase. <laughs> this is Mike's favorite. He just put his hands up. It's because this is the Attitude Era phase, which is when Mike got into wrestling. Yep. This is some, like, Anne Rice Lestat shit. It is. It really is. So, after he's buried alive, The Undertaker returned <laughs> at the Survivor Series against Mankind, but with a unique stipulation. Hanging 20 feet above the ring was Paul Bearer. Enclo- no! Enclosed in a steel cage. <laughs> no! If Undertaker won the match, he would be able to get his hands on Bearer. Even though The Undertaker won, interference from the Executioner enabled Bear to escape, right? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Okay. Uh, he later faced The Executioner in an Armageddon Rules match, which I wanted to know what that is. I honestly don't know what that is. Probably some kind of hardcore match. I assume with rocks or other asteroids. Are they're all, like, <laughs> carrying, like... Uh, the animal crackers like in the movie Armageddon yeah. <laughs> on each other's up. belly they slip animal crackers into each other's underwear yeah. that, that Aerosmith song yeah. plays I don't <laughs> yeah. that's what it is just a million don't violinists in like the eyes. ring area don't wanna fall asleep yeah okay so he also He's changed singing. his look here thank you um it's more informal and casual, and he took on a gothic, brash, and rebelling persona to better fit into the Attitude Era. Yeah. He looks like one of the hands-on people um, at the Ren Fair. Yes, he, he does. does. Or just, like, he's still in that 80s band he started, mm-hmm. like, 20 years later, and he refuses to change his look. Guitar center style. <laughs> Lives in a fucking van. Yep. Um, so in this form, he proclaimed himself as the Lord of Darkness. Lord of Darkness. Uh, lots of capes and, like... Yeah, it's just, it is very Anne Rice. That was a really good way of putting it. It's yep. very vampire. Vampire. Okay, now we got the Kane storyline. Are you guys ready to dig? Because this is my favorite shit in the world. Yeah. Wow. I wrote, this is basically a parable. Okay? Oh my gosh. All right, stay with me. Okay. In May 1997, Paul Bearer attempted to rejoin The Undertaker using the ultimatum of revealing The Undertaker's deepest, darkest secret to the world. Okay. The bearer accused the undertaker of having burned down his family funeral home business when he was a child, (laughs) killing his parents and ostensibly his younger half-brother as well. The undertaker denied all this. However, bearer claimed to have proof in the form of the undertaker's alive and well half-brother Kane, who had survived through horribly scarred and burned. Oh, that's why he wears the mask. Yes, it is. Bear raised Kane after the fire, having him institutionalized from the date of the fire all the way into adulthood. Oh, no. Ever since the fire, Kane had been awaiting to exact vengeance on his older half-brother. In defense, Undertaker responded that Kane, a pyromaniac, had been the one to set the fire and could not have possibly survived. During the period, Bear had unintentionally admitted to Undertaker's mother having an affair with him. Paul Bearer revealed he fucked the Undertaker's mom. As a result, Kane is his son. No! Oh my gosh. Honestly, if this... If I had 
watching wrestling at this time, I probably would have been in too yeah. if I had like seen this stuff. I would have lost my mind. All right, oh so that, my God, that's why he's his half brother. Uh, so until that point, Undertaker spent his life, the entirety of the father's life, under the impression Kane was fully related to him. Not true. Wow, what a Hamlet-esque turn. Truly. So during the first Hell in a Cell match. Kane finally made his debut under the control of Paul Bearer, who ripped off the door to the cell and gave the Undertaker a tombstone pile driver, his own finishing move. Wow. Mike gasped. It's... Wow. Oh, my gosh. What a slap in the face. <laughs> I'd like... Kane consistently tried to challenge the Undertaker, but the Undertaker refused to fight him. This all escalated like pretty rapidly, um, <laughs> as one might guess. There's so much fire on this slide. <laughs> There's a lot of fire. This. Kane tricked his half brother into thinking they were allies, and then Kane trapped him in a coffin during a coffin match, padlocked the casket lid, and set it on fire. <laughs> then, when they opened it later, the Undertaker had vanished. Oh, no. <gasps> what? Two months later, Undertaker returned at WrestleMania, defeated Kane. And one month later, The Undertaker beat Kane again by setting his right arm on fire. <laughs> no. What? To be fair, I think they were in an Inferno match at the time. Yeah, oh, there's... Uh, of course, Inferno matches. The yeah. Inferno match is when the fire surrounds the, the, the square. Yeah, that's what we're looking at right mm-hmm. here. It's so... It, this seems like such a bad idea. It's like when a club has a little, like, one of those fire lines, and you're just, like, worried that someone's going to fall into it. It gets better. Oh. All right. That's it for Kane for now. Okay. Okay. Bummer. I know. It's, I mean. Just... That guy is like the mayor of a town. I know. He's I know. The mayor That's what keeps yeah. striking in me. Is I'm like, good lord. He's the mayor but of course, of a town. in Tennessee. And you know what's even more shocking is that Paul Barris is chief of staff. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true for reasons that will be discovered shortly. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay you didn't desecrate his memory like other people have oh no (laughs) i just made a great joke you did you did did. thank you that's all i wanted (laughs) the undertaker became a villain again great reconciling with bearer i don't know how he fucked his mom and then claiming that he and bearer would unleash their ministry of darkness on the world wrestling federation as part of this new storyline he admitted he had indeed set the fire that killed his parents oh so he was like, yeah, you're right. Solve that mystery. Me caught. So The Undertaker hit uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin in the head with a shovel during a title match with The Rock to pay him back for something or other. So McMahon scheduled a buried alive match between The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. In the weeks before the match, The Undertaker attempted to embalm Austin alive, <laughs> tried to have Kane committed to a mental asylum, and had his druids chain Austin to his symbol, raising it high into the arena. When did he get druids? This is just a uh, I'll explain that on the next. Okay. It was hard to organize this bit, I will say, because I wanted to reveal this picture of Stone Cold Steve Austin being crucified. (laughs) Gosh. Can we talk about all the multiple photos of it? He did it a lot. I know. Hold on. What? He's in. He's in a suit in one of them. He's a diaper man in another. He did it a lot. The um, full suit is really funny. It's kind of like, like, 
<laughs> oh no, that's not Stone Cold. He did it to multiple wrestlers. He did this all the time because he kind of he. All right, I'll I'll tell you, <laughs> please. So the Undertaker updated his dead man identity in January '99 as, as, you the, do. as the Dark Priest. Uh-huh. Who in the initial period of this persona reigned over the stable known as the aforementioned Ministry of Darkness. Like it was the made Ministry up of, of Magic, but a little different. <laughs> yes. Just a bit. It was made up of the Brood, the Acolytes, Midian, and Viscera? Viscera. Viscera. Uh, in this form, he took on a wicked demonic presence, much more so than ever before, and he often claimed to be invoking and taking orders from a higher power. Moreover, he often appeared in a hooded black robe and sat on a throne that was specially designed for his into his character symbol. And so with the help of his minions, he performed sacrifices on select WWF wrestlers using various incantations and magic words with intent to extract out the dark side of the wrestlers in question to recruit them into the ministry. Oh my gosh. First and foremost, Felski, do you think if at this time... He, you would have had a crush on him. I don't. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> like he is, there is no uh, Alistair Black without the Undertaker. That's true. That's, That's but, without a yeah. doubt. But like, do you think you would have been like? Hell yeah. He's not handsome. So like, <laughs> no. So no, like that's the thing. Is but I the know tongue. That, oh my God, the tongue. Oh no, <laughs> it's so, no. I wouldn't, I do love his vibe. I do, like this made me be like, oh wow, I have so much respect for this person. So this is more like you're telling your college friends about how cool your dad is. <laughs> yeah. This guy can't be my dad. <laughs> he can He's a cool teacher. Okay, there you go. (laughs) You'll see. So, he didn't wrestle during this time, is the big thing. And the reason why is because he's a magician. He's got too much time crucifying people. And he had to get his hip replaced. Oh my God. Probably. Because motherfucker treats his body like trash. Peepaw. So, he has expressed, and and also at this time, he expressed desire to take over WWF from Vince, (gasps) which escalated when he kidnapped Stephanie McMahon. No. no. And attempted to marry her. No. Before sacrificing her in a creepy ceremony conducted by Paul Bearer. Oh. Those are those photos. Yes. She is chained to his symbol, which is... I mean, look, it's some people's sexual fantasy. Let's yeah. just say it. How old do you think she was? Yeah, yeah, that's she what I'm was very young. She wasn't a sex symbol yet. That's true. It was pre that. She I was is like, covered up, I oh, will say. She's no. fully clothed entirely. Credit like, where credit is due. Yeah. She is not. She's not being sexualized. Yeah. It's, the Im- it's the implied violence here that's unsettling. Yeah. I watched this on TV. You oh, watched yeah? this Mike? child bride situation happen? It was so scary. Like, I was a kid. I couldn't handle it. It was horrifying. It, this is... This is... Yeah. There's a weird streak here that I am nervous about. Yeah. Yeah, Vince McMahon's a bad man. Yeah. This oh, is yeah, his daughter. Yes. Oh, yes. So Stone Cold Steve Austin saved her. End of great. Thank you. So uh, the Undertaker revealed that Vince was the higher power all along. What? Which makes no fucking sense to me. Is what I wrote. Producer Mike. I think it was probably supposed to be somebody else, and then they couldn't. They wrote themselves into a corner, and so they were just like. Vince was already a bad guy. Make him a bad guy again, I guess. I don't know. You know what I would have liked? Only knowing what we have just learned about this. If it had been Stephanie. That would have been amazing. Can you imagine? Stephanie chained herself up? No, she would have been like she was secretly in charge of it the whole time. 
listen oh. i feel like they could justify that somehow if they could justify all the rest of this. i mean <laughs> yeah truly if they had god yeah come they out had, as a team god is a tag team partner yep. you can figure out how to make stephanie mcmahon the antichrist or whatnot yeah, yeah you can oh especially if it was like she it could also be like she betrayed us typical woman yeah yep. yeah i mean they love or that. you know vince probably was like get me in this i, I want to be part of this one yeah you know that's a pretty good vince mcmahon yeah. impression i gotta say i do the i you do it <laughs> <laughs> she did a really good head <laughs> head twist thing <laughs> Very funny. Okay. Uh, so, uh, then there's a storyline where he teamed up with the Big Show and the Unholy Alliance, but he tore his groin. And no. Avo- I, I'm telling you, just constantly hurting himself <laughs> and avoided competing by tyrannically ordering the Big Show to fight his battles and obliged in his many wishes. He became more vocal on the mic and eventually was given a break to heal when he told McMahon he was done. So, like, McMahon was like, you have to do a casket match or a buried alive match. And he was like, fuck you. I don't have to do anything. And then he left mi- to heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was scheduled to be in the Armageddon promo, but he tore his pec what? while on leave and was out for eight months total. Yeah, he got hurt a lot. He's like made of wet tissue. <laughs> 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 like, I just, it like, yeah, getting hurt in the ring, I understand. But like, he was already on vacay and he's like, yeah. oh shit. Like, I know he just went to like so many weddings and tried to dance so hard and <laughs> yeah. injured himself. Because you know the guys on the dance floor who do like a split and you're like... I don't nope. think you've ever done one of those before. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So then this comes when you said he was goth from the beginning. Yep. This is what I was referring to. Oh, no. When he turns into. Oh, no. <laughs> Mike's so excited. <laughs> the American Badass in Got May it. 2000. Lord. So The Undertaker oh. took on a drastically different identity. He ditched the somber mortician-themed attire, his funeral dirge, ring music, and allusions to supernatural and accompanying uh, morbid theatrics. And I wrote, boo. In place of this, he took on a biker identity. (laughs) Really original for wrestling. Yes. And rode into the ring on a motorcycle wearing sunglasses and bandanas. His entrance music was replaced by popular rock songs of the time, like Limp Bizkit's Rollin'. no. No. And Kid Rock's American Badass, from Uh. which his new gimmick originated. Oh no. I know. Two things. One, you guys aren't appreciating the mental picture of him driving his motorcycle down to the ring, driving it really cautiously around the ring, <laughs> and then parking it at the ramp going the other way so that like attendance could take yep. One. Two, Kid Rock did a live concert on TV and I watched it and so you he could it. do American Badass Live. Oh my gosh. Was it, I I really just wish because he is always injured, it was one of the three wheeled ones. Like in what I assume they have in that movie, Wild Hogs yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Just so it won't, like Who's the ones that? with like a fat tire yeah. that's just like going. It's very Hold sturdy. On. Hold yeah. on, sidebar. I want us all to guess who's in Wild Hogs. Because I don't, it's it's Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. This seems important to me. Is it I Jack don't know. Nicholson? No. Is it? Because there's also I the like old naming dogs. Old, old dogs is John uh-huh. Travolta. Is it the oh. or is the dad from Hugs. Parenthood in any of them? Because he should be. I have not seen any of these movies. I just think it's like Jack. No, Jack Nicholson was in the bucket list. All right, we don't need to do this. Ugh. But I just thought it'd be fun if someone knew who was in them. Also, you know, he probably like heard that song and was like, "This is yeah, this is this is good. I, like, I got to do something about this." It's like keeping them young. Yep. So, uh, by the way, 
this was still accompanied by the bell of his original theme. Are you kidding? <laughs> so oh, they still no. had like a church bell and then it was like, my name is Kid. And he slowly, <laughs> slowly rode a motorcycle around. I really wish that it was lights off too and he couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he got more injured. <laughs> but then his co-captain could be God, so he could have a spotlight. Yeah, God in the sidecar. God in the sidecar. Or side Paul Bear been like, turn to the left, turn to the right. Oh, <laughs> Just God. like I fucked your mom. <laughs> oh my God. So this sucks, obviously. But it's because he was trying to enter WCW at the time with a non-trademark persona, oh. and so. Oh. But he ultimately resigned with WWF. But that's why he did it, and that was like a thing where he was trying he was flirting with the idea of leaving the company i thought he was flirting with real death so he was like <laughs> i can't be an undertaker anymore <laughs> probably then he becomes big evil oh my god <laughs> So from 2001 to 2003, The Undertaker. I know. I had no idea how how much I would learn. I thought it was just going to be like, yeah, he doesn't have he that many looks. This yeah. man has he's been wearing this. He's wearing this trench coat for a billion years. Yeah. No, he like has changed it up. It's insane. Okay, so he becomes what? a villain once again, and he forces uh, commentator Jim Ross to kiss Vic Mc Vince McMahon's ass, which we all know people loved. Oh, that's so weird. Question mark. So this is the beginning of the new persona of The Undertaker as he cut his long hair short and called himself Big Evil. This is stupid. I fucking hate it. How, how old do you think he was when he did this? This was 2001, 2003. He's uh, like 92. He's 57. Right no, he's, he was born in 57. It's really unsettling. I know. He's younger than my mom. and My that, mom looks great. That yeah. body. Your mom looks fabulous. Your mom Thank is you. an angel. The Undertaker, let's just say he fits that persona. Yeah. Oh, no. So did he is, remove the motorcycle because he... <laughs> so there are lots of feuds nothing really sticks out to me until Kane interfered with a buried alive match against Vince McMahon and then the Undertaker disappeared for a while and Kane claimed he was dead and buried forever uh, so like probably he heard I don't know he probably pulled a groin on getting off his motorcycle like who knows like walking slowly <laughs> so then I wrote y'all thought this was done because we're back baby in yes. the story leading to Wrestlemania 20 Kane was haunted by vignettes proclaiming the Undertaker's return the first was during the Royal Rumble when the Undertaker's bells tolled during it and then Kane lost focus and was eliminated he yep. was, so then, accompanied by Paul Bearer. There he's he back, is. baby. There he is. <laughs> the Undertaker returned as a hybrid version of the dead man at WrestleMania and defeated Kane. Um, so there are, like, some highlights we'll go through in a minute. But this, just the look, I like this look the best. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of what he does now with his, like, regular hat. And then he has a, like, scoop black tank top, I think leather pants. Yeah. And a leather, long leather trench coat, the purple lighting, the flames, like all that shit, right? Uh huh. So this is more of like a. It looks like Fashion Week in like yeah. a weird abandoned warehouse. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just he like. He is all right. like giving very good face in this. He is. Maybe it's just he because chin. we saw He has those. a very strong chin, I will he say. He does. That. Maybe it's because we just saw these other bad personas and like you can't see half his face. So I'm like, damn, is The Undertaker hot? Did no, you? is the <laughs> answer. But I'm fooled by it in this picture. No, The Undertaker has broken his eyes so many times. <laughs> okay. So here are some highlights. I got three from this era. Uh, the Undertaker fought a handicap match against the Dudley Boys oh. with the stipulation, oh my God, you guys are going to fucking lose it, that if he did not lay down and purposely lose, Heyman would bury Paul Bearer in cement. 
What? The Undertaker won, stopped Heyman from burying Bearer, but then claimed that Bearer was merely a liability he had no use for and buried him in cement himself. <laughs> okay. I want to pause it because it's I have a gif. kind of filled during the match. And so it got like up to here when the Undertaker won and then he walks away and just fucking throws the switch and you watch him go like, ah! <laughs> You can kind of see him. I have a gif on the next page because I, I didn't want it to be distracted. No wonder why he's not around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's a controversial thing. This is very... Oh, no. Off. So what year was this? This was like 2000... I'm losing my... 2003, four. So definitely post 9-11. Great. Oh. Three days before the London bombings. Oh. Davari and The Undertaker faced one another and Davari lost. And then after the match, wrestler Muhammad Hassan began to pray on the ramp, summoning five masked men dressed in black shirts, ski masks, and camouflage pants. Armed with clubs and a piano wire, the masked men beat and choked The Undertaker, and Hassan put The Undertaker in a camel clutch. Afterward, the masked men lifted Davari above their heads and carried him away. The aftermath was super racist. This is something I kind of want to do, uh, Muhammad Hassan, later now because the it this is a much bigger thing than I have time to go into because yeah. we still have like ten years to go on this guy's career. So we're gonna put a pin in it. Yeah. But he basically had to cut Hassan had to cut a promotion that was like, I'm not a terrorist. That's so. Oh. And then it, like called out specific newspapers who were like really ragging on him and he like broke character and then he later had to leave the company and it was oh really gosh. gross it, it was kind of like he was forced into the gimmick oh 100 percent, the yeah then got fired for the gimmick that's ruined his ugh. career yeah it was really gross um so we're gonna put a pin in that yeah. i'll probably do that next time um yeah but gross yeah we have to mention it yeah it's pretty relevant so okay so <gasps> And Randy Orton and The Undertaker feud and they taunt each other with caskets. <laughs> then The Undertaker eventually lost the Ortons, uh, including Cowboy Bob Orton. What and, the fuck? I don't know. And they poured gasoline on the casket and <laughs> set it on fire. Surprise, he vanished again. Oh. Then The Undertaker returned to Survivor Series when he emerged from a burning casket, oh. which is rad as fuck. It kept burning that whole time? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. All right. So, Okay. The World Heavyweight Championship. This is 2007-2010. Yeah. You're oh. seeing exactly what you should. Oh, my gosh. Which is, in 2010, oh The Undertaker... <laughs> no! The Undertaker... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> the Undertaker lost the World Heavyweight title at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view where a pyrotechnics malfunction momentarily engulfed him in flames on three separate occasions. It's like they're trying to kill him. On three separate occasions. <laughs> he still wrestled. <laughs> that is like... They shot up a jet of flame directly underneath him. Can he, we talk about like how <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it's like, yeah, I'm gonna be in the middle ring. Like yeah. I'm gonna be right in the middle. Literally Do anywhere not else. Put <laughs> anything right there. And they're like, oh no! Like where did it come from? 
So he still was able to continue with his match with first and second degree burns on his chest and neck, which according to the WWE spokesman said, looked like a bad sunburn. It's like, I'm sorry, bitch. Did you get burned? Oh my. And so there's a photo of it. Yeah. So you can see. Gross. You can see his burned chest and neck, which is like, that sounds terrible. That's like locks right there. But it's also like, it's like, was his shirt originally that deep or did it burn away in the fire? So, okay. So, so honestly, I'm glad that that pleather didn't melt to his skin. Truly. So the fire technician in charge was escorted from the arena and fired as fuck is what I wrote because um, the undertaker basically, I think it was Triple H was in charge of it. He was like, you better fire that motherfucker. And he was like, he's gone. I'm so sorry. You got burned three times. Yeah. I was like, one, two, three. My gosh. Insane. Totally terrible. (laughs) We'll post the gif on Twitter. It's really brutal. It's nuts. Okay, so later that year, there's a fatal four-way match um, in which The Undertaker <laughs> suffered a concussion, broken orbital bone, and Don't broken nose. Stop. And he was visibly bleeding profusely on camera by the end of the match. To cover for the injury, Kane revealed that The Undertaker had been found in a vegetative state. <laughs> I tried to find pictures of the blood, but it was too much for me. Yeah. Okay. Here's another picture of Paul Bearer in the cement. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's literally also one of those like money grabbing tanks and they just filled it with cement. Or like porridge. Like what is it actually? You know? All right. So. Stresses me out. So after the 2011 Royal Rumble, promotional videos began airing showing The Undertaker entering and standing with a Western style old house in a rainy desert. You can see here. Each promo ended with the date 2-21-11 being burned into the screen. And so then on February 21st on Raw, The Undertaker returned. But before he could speak, Triple H also returned and confronted him. Um, Then these are just highlights for the last couple years, basically, because we're skipping ahead to the death of Paul Bearer in 2013. Oh, no. A storyline involving CM Punk regularly spiting The Undertaker through displays of flippancy and disrespect towards Bearer's death began. What? Punk interrupted The Undertaker's ceremony to honor Bear on Raw, stealing the trademark urn and later used it to attack Kane, humiliate the Brothers of Destruction, and mock Bearer. Undertaker tried to pay his respects again, but was interrupted by the shield. So they kept trying to honor Paul Bearer, and everyone kept fucking with them. Oh my gosh. Um, what a bummer. I know. Later, uh, Brock Lesnar broke The Undertaker's long winning streak to um, basically enhance Lesnar's formidability for WrestleMania. Uh, and during the match, The Undertaker suffered a concussion at the beginning, <laughs> but kept wrestling because, as I wrote, he doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> Did like, he, like, walk onto stage and be like, oh, concussion? He was like, like oh, that's fine. I'll and continue. And fire engulfed him again. <laughs> hey, I've been lit on fire three times. He's like Wile E. Coyote. He is. He literally is Wile E. Coyote. Yeah. Here's the thing. I know his whole gimmick is that he, like, can't die or he comes back from the dead, but he really does it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... Okay, so here's like the last slide, I think. Um, so this is catches us up to WrestleMania 33, when The Undertaker lost to Roman Reigns because life is chaos. After the match, Undertaker left his gloves, coat, and hat in the center of the ring before slowly making his exit, walking over to his wife, Michelle McCool, and kissing her, and then walking up the ramp and performing a signature arm raise pose as smoke surrounded him, and he descended down into the ramp to the sound of his music. After he disappeared, the lights went out and his signature gong sounded off three times to end the show. So then he's done, right? Like he Mm -hmm. retired, he broke character to kiss his wife. No. 
John Cena kept fucking with him, and The Undertaker returned and made producer Mike cry when his cat and ho- hat, his hat and coat, cat and hoat. <laughs> it's it's light. Yeah, I just it's I so got light. I got too excited about producer Mike crying. It was it was it happened. We, we all saw, saw it. it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Appeared in the middle of the ring where he had left them the previous year, which was then struck by lightning. It was that was amazing. Yep. Afterwards, the hat and coat disappeared, and the Undertaker appeared for an impromptu match and beat John Cena in like three minutes and spawned the world's best meme of him putting his crotch on John Cena's face and having his tongue out. Yep. Mm. Like a weird lizard man. All right. So basically, he's just the best of all time. Like. I like to always end on a quote. I'm sorry, what? Oh, yeah. So the slide I made is, this is his wife. I pulled a picture of Michelle McCool. I just or I just want you guys to know that this is who fucks The Undertaker. She's so beautiful. Peepaw. Peepaw killing it. Um, also, he's a good guy because he and his ex-wife, Sarah, he's been married three... This is his third marriage, uh-huh. but his ex-wife, Sarah, and him established the Zeus Compton Callaway Save the Animals Fund at Texas A&M to help pay for life-saving treatments for large-breed dogs. Oh, oh nice. Only big dogs for the big man. Big dogs for big man. Yeah. <laughs> he ride them like horse to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so You know he has like eight of them. Yeah. It's like he goes... It's dinner time. I just leans back and they take him to dinner. Yes. <laughs> Carry me. So IGN described The Undertaker as one of the most respected wrestlers and characters in the business treated with actual reverence, like a cherished and valuable artifact. And I think that is exactly appropriate. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's the oh my the amazing Undertaker. Wow. Which I'm now, very impressed. Now I'm like, I get why Mike cried. I get why Mike cried. Yeah. He doesn't think he cried, but he he totally did. That's the definition of gaslighting. What you're <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! I just oh. love that was a that was such a great moment when you like saw the the light and then you stood up. I just remember you being like so so excited. did Kyle. Yeah, yeah. And so we're did like, Sarah's husband. Someone left their shit in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Like we just did. Yeah, and then we're like, oh no, they're props. Yeah, everyone stood <laughs> up. Clearing the stage. <laughs> oh, but now we get it. At yeah. least in some small way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has been injured so many times. It's actually crazy shocking and yeah. those are only the ones because i again i i really just kind of cruised yeah damn yeah and now we can like say so rick flair got married mm-hmm. um and the photos were beyond amazing they're yeah. so good i'm sure you have seen them going around twitter but the undertaker is wearing pink yeah, it's really something. In these pictures. And as someone pointed out on Twitter, holding two shots of whiskey in one hand. Yeah, yes. he is. Yes. It was, yeah, the whole, all the photos were truly amazing. I looked up like hashtag Ric Flair wedding and was like, wow. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> also to I know, the congrats. happy couple. Yes. Uh, this is like the first wedding this summer you haven't gone to. This is, <laughs> I was pissed. I was real pissed. Oh, yeah, so guys. any final thoughts? Um, wow. I don't think we can ever top that. I am so delighted that this was the case. This is a very good, a perfect autumnal spotlight. It was. Hey, baby, it's almost October. Hey. Yeah. Let's get those creeps in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All, All right. right. Yeah, yeah, so you can uh, find us on social media to see some of the looks that we were talking about on Instagram at KFAB Podcast. 
uh, as well as on Twitter. You can re- recommend any wrestlers for us that you think we would like. Yeah. Um, feedback, whatever you whatever you got we'll yeah. we'll read it and rate and subscribe please yes yeah please. and tell your friends yes please tell your friends if you like it that's it yes thank you see you next time bye bye, bye.